What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallo Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Hey, what up, guys? Welcome and thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Wouldn't be able to do this without you guys listening, so I do appreciate you guys always tuning in. And of course, this podcast was brought to you by FMF, as well as Fly Racing and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, this will be our um, Dallas review. Unfortunately, watching this one from the couch in Winnipeg. Um, obviously, uh, I was out of town for, uh, or I was not at the race. I was at my sister's wedding, uh, even in the wedding party. But uh, enough information about that. I don't even think you guys really uh, care too much. And if you do, I appreciate that. But um, let's dive straight into the 450s. I think uh, we're going to kind of walk down the, the results of the main event and uh, just give our thoughts on um, each rider and uh, and how they did, as well as uh, look at some um, some other notable riders that may have had uh, kind of standout nights or, or uh, kind of jumped off the page at us. So um, all, all things considered, the 450 main event was a bit of a snoozer. Um, in, uh, in Eli Tomac uh, getting out to a commanding lead and sort of just managing it um, whether that be, uh, like, uh, his inability to stretch out the lead or, uh, or just him, uh, getting that comfortable lead and, and sort of just keeping it there, not wanting to push the pace to, uh, to make a mistake, just go out there and collect some wins. And, um, Eli Tomac kind of has to just hope for the best at this point, keep winning races and whatever happens, happens. Um, I do believe by the end of this year, he will have the most amount of wins, um, and I also do believe that he will be most ready for the, uh, the outdoor series, ready to defend his championship that he got last year. Uh, qualified first, he started first, he, la- he led 25 laps and he finished first, 26 points to Eli Tomac. He now sits, uh, still, I think well, well over 70 points down, uh, or just, just shy of uh, 70 points or just over 70 points, 70 points down. From Jason Anderson right now, who uh, is uh, his seemingly his, his worst night is going to be like a fourth, fifth, uh, uh, even with uh, battling with those uh, the some some obviously we've we've seen some injuries to the, the class, but there are still some talented riders in there that are giving him some fits. Marvin Moose, Ken Blake, Bag have definitely taken a step forward. Um, Another podium for Marvin Muskan. He takes home second place for a second weekend in a row. Um, and, uh, and after um, a pretty decent start, started in, in, in third and, uh, and ends up second. Um, other than uh, an eventful heat race, a pretty uneventful uh, night for uh, Marvin Muskan. Um, qualifying, I believe, 12th or 14th even uh, into the night or into the, the 
the uh, yeah his 14th qualifying into the main event. Uh, bad gate pick. Um, salvages that, makes the best out of it. Does a, gets a third place off the start. And uh, and Blake Baggett did the same. Honestly, uh, not amazing qualifying from either one of those KTM pilots. Um, but uh, you're both able to uh, get on the podium. Blake's third podium in a row. I don't think a lot of people would have saw that from him um, earlier in the year based on his results uh, very very early in the season, but he's been consistent, and uh, he's been able to knock down uh, podiums uh, for three weeks in a row now, and uh, I think that's just um, that's the Blake that we're going to see going forward uh, with a few guys out. Obviously, uh, Ken Roxon, uh now completely out of the series. I don't think we'll see him back anytime soon. And, uh, and same thing with Justin Barsha breaking his hand. That's a couple extra positions that um, guys like Blake just don't have to battle with on, on a weekly basis. And that's going to see uh, an upturn in his results, uh, as well as the fact that I feel like he's gelling with the motorcycle a little bit better than he was previous weeks. Your, your points leader, Jason Anderson. Uh, a decent ride from him, uh, considering uh, how how far back he was at, at one point, uh, having some issues during the race. But um, I think, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, cool, common, collected as far as uh, his ability to uh, get into a position, minimize the damage of a night that maybe he didn't absolutely love the way he was riding, um, and, uh, and and salvages a fourth, um, still nineteen points on the night. Only gives up seven points to to Tomac uh, total, so uh, he'll 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 take that any day. Um, and uh, he was able to get around Cole Seely and uh, and and Cooper Webb late in the race to make that happen. Cole Seely um, still sitting second in points. He's got a, a pretty decent gap uh, to to make up on Jason. He didn't do himself any favors uh, losing one point to him this last Saturday. But uh, the 14 machine uh, is riding well, but it's not showing so on paper. Um, Whether it be some uncharacteristic, I don't know if you want to call them fades, but uh, his uncharacteristic results later in races uh, has basically um, made him scarce at uh, both the, the pro race press conferences and the talk about uh, the championship, he just he's, he hasn't been um, in in the thick of things as far as the talk because he's just uh, he hasn't been you know, within that top three. I think he's got one podium or maybe even, maybe just two podiums on the year so far, and one of which being uh, his. Uh, the triple crown round where uh, he basically kind of um, just had a mental error, choked his way out of, uh, of, of winning that race and ends up third. Um, Weston Pike feeling it for the night. Uh, the 34 machine, the, uh, the JGR Suzuki uh, won himself a heat race. I can't remember the last time he did that. Um, so uh, kudos to him. Um, he had to, uh, he had to run a few guys down to do it too. Uh, didn't start it up front. He, he made some passes, including a pretty controversial one, uh, on Marvin. I think he, he was just feeling it going to the front and, um, I think he can ride that kind of way with just about anyone he feels like because um, there's there's really not a whole much they can do about it as far as con- uh, confrontations on or off the bike. Um, and uh, and re- the reality is uh, a lot of those riders that uh, he's willing to 
ride like that with um, are, are more than likely going to get the better of him by the end of the, the weekend anyway, uh, based on the results. And I think that uh, that's rang true throughout the year. But a seventh place for uh, the top placing Suzuki um, is, uh, is a great ride for him. I think he was pretty much by himself on the later stages of that race. Dean Wilson uh, riding in eighth place. The 15 machine still battling that shoulder injury. Talked to uh, Mohead, uh, Derek, uh, Daniel Castello, his mechanic, basically saying they had to do a lot of modifications to the motorcycle to basically allow him to have more comfortability on it, including a, a raised seat, a wider seat, and a uh, and higher bar mounts so his hands don't rise up so high um, uh, while he's riding, and that's where he's weakest right now. And obviously, making that drastic of a change to his motorcycle, it's going to change his... Uh, his riding ability, uh, what he's able to do on and off the bike. And uh, apparently he's been able to ride this week for the first time in quite some time. So uh, that that's a huge, huge benefit to him. He's going to be able to enjoy that. Um, in the ninth place position, uh, I'd, I'd say a decent night for Brock Tickle, but I really do expect him to be with, uh, closer to the top five. Ninth place for Brock, uh, the uh, the Alpine star athlete, head to toe, looking good out there on his factory KTM. But the reality is, is that... Uh, um, as far as factory backed KTM riders, he actually ends up, uh, fifth out of that, uh, that group. Um, Marvin Muscan, actually he's, he's fifth, sixth, he's fifth. Um, Marvin Muscan, of course, his teammate ahead of him on a very similar motorcycle, except for some bolt-on parts, uh, Blake Baggett's machine, uh, in third place, Jason Anderson, in the fourth place spot on a very basically you got to call that thing basically a KTM with some uh, some white plastics on a different subframe but uh, for all intents and purposes the same building those bikes roll out of at the end of the day uh, and Dean Wilson uh, despite the injury still riding ahead of Brock uh, I expect Brock to move forward uh, I don't think he's battling any type of an injury I think just he needs to uh, uh, more ride like himself uh, ride to his potential and uh, with the depleted class the way it is right now I expect Brock to be at the in the top five, um, Justin Brayton, a quiet night. But uh, if if the number ten uh, was was to get tenth on a regular basis, I think that'd be just fine with the Moto Concepts uh, Honda team. Um, basically, making himself the uh, the second best Honda on the night. Uh, and not too far ahead of his teammate, but uh, still inside the top ten, ahead of Malcolm Stewart, who uh, seemed to uh, have. Some issues later on in the moto uh, this last weekend, uh, possibly some fatigue, possibly uh, uh, the, the track cut, jump up, jumped up and bit him a little bit, but didn't see how uh, Malcolm ended up 11th. But uh, the 27 machine, he's been on that uh, JGR Suzuki for uh, about six weeks now, and uh, looking not bad. Um, He's, he's got speed. I think uh, he's still kind of uh, has having some busy, he's, he's having some pedestrian performances as far as the mains go, but uh, um, with that, having stuff come together so last minute, I feel like uh, the, the best is yet to come as far as Malcolm is concerned. Uh, the 55 machine, Vince Freeze, um, finds himself uh Damn near close a lap down by the end of the night uh, the ele- in the 11th place. But uh, uh, if you're going to go back four or five years ago, or maybe even three years ago, uh, a 12th place position would be, would be unbelievable for Vince. So uh, I think that uh, it's, it's a, a step in the right direction. And same can be said for Kyle Chisholm, 13th uh, in, a, in the main event. 
for uh, Kyle Chisholm is uh, is definitely where he wants to be, uh, being ahead of guys like Tyler Bowers still nursing some injuries. Um, Chad Reed, of course, nursing injuries. And uh, and same thing with Benny Bloss. All four guys that were kind of behind him, uh, three guys anyway, really battling the injury bug and some nagging injuries. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Benny, uh, Benny Bloss, the 60 machine, um, heard comments this week that he's actually feeling uh, as good as he did rolling into Anaheim 1, but uh, still, in my eyes, not quite riding to the potential potential that he has to do well on the motorcycle. I'd like to see him probably closer up to where Brock Tickle is, and Brock Tickle to be moving even further forward. But of course, somebody has to get 14th in this uh, still very deep field. <coughs> Despite our injuries that we've we've had, we actually we've had a lot of injuries, but we had guys uh, continue to race injured. Um, we've lost uh, Justin Barsha, we've lost uh, Ken Roxon, um, but for the most part, still uh, still a pretty formidable bunch that are uh, knocking down laps. Uh, Marvin Muskan, Eli Tomac having some having their shoulder injuries of their own, uh, but they're back and obviously they're at the top of the podium. So those guys are not too much worse for wear. A great ride for the 69, uh, the 69 machine, Tyler Bowers, uh, main event, or a heat race didn't exactly go as he had planned uh, to, to land on Barsha, I think he has no um, no fault in that matter, um, I think that's a jump that Barsha, in, in hindsight, wishes he would have jumped, uh, and Tyler is, pro- is, is like infinitely sorry that he ended up uh, landing on top of uh, Barsha, but it could have ended up a lot worse. Riding himself into the mains and actually doing stuff in the mains and, and not just riding around is uh, Ben LeMay. Ben LeMay uh, working for Monster during the week and, uh, and he's, he, he hails from Alaska. I don't think he's been back there recently, but uh, he's working 9 to 5 uh, during the week. And then on weekends, he's being a main event guy, 17th place and racing to that. Um Great ride for Ben. I think he'll be back in the national numbers next next year. Uh, that's for sure. Cole Martinez, uh, a great ride for him on a 250F. Uh, he's on the uh, GMC Motorsports uh, Husqvarna. That's really cool for me to uh, to kind of see that some 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 250Fs jumping in and, and doing well. I think I think anyway. I think he was on a K uh, 250F anyway. It's listed to that bike. I'd have maybe have to. Uh, do some further research on that, but uh, interesting to see that. Austin Politelli, the 981 in your program, uh, ends up putting himself in the main event, I believe, for the second time this year. Um, and a good ride for uh, for Austin. Uh, not the best start, and he uh, sort of stayed there. He started out 21st and ended up, uh, <coughs> or rather, he. Uh, yeah, he started out 19th and ends up uh, ends up 20th. So a pretty quiet day for Austin. He ends up just ahead of uh, the Rockwell-backed AJ Catanzaro on the Kawasaki. Um, new look for the bike on the East Coast. He's got uh, different uh, title sponsors just about every round because his bike's getting transferred around by Moto Tape. So, and I think he's still got one more race to to get a a locked in title sponsor. Kind of a cool deal that he's doing with those guys. And uh, and rounding out your 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 main event, a guy who has been battling injury the entire season so far, Henry Miller, uh, on the Hep Racing Suzuki. 
him as well as uh, as Kyle Cunningham, both on the Hep Racing Suzuki's, uh, doing what they can in the main events. I think uh, Henry, by the end of the night, uh, those injuries are mounting on him, and uh, he's not exactly uh, doing ex- uh, as well as he possibly can, or uh, as what his potential is. And I think he would agree with that. Um, quickly before we jump over to the 250s, let's look at some uh, combined times. Um, in practice of where uh, some guys actually may have uh, jumped off the page. Um, Alex Ray, apparently looking pretty good in practice, didn't get to see race day live uh, as the the festivities of the day um, didn't allow me to watch the practice, but uh, qualifying 15th clearly had the speed and then uh, not too sure uh, what happened to him in the night show. I didn't get to see the LCQs. Those weren't posted, but... uh, um, too bad for him to not make the main event. Josh Grant uh, breaking his lower leg uh, in an injury that uh, will see him out for some time, as well as Justin Barsha, um, which is a huge blow to the series. Two guys that uh, have been consistently in the top 10, no longer there. Uh, so I guess the, the series is missing t- three top 10 guys now, which is a bummer. Um, surprisingly, uh, way off the pace as far as qualifying goes was Adam Entiknap, 28th position. He's been usually hovering around the 20th 20th spot. Uh, and and uh, honestly, seeing, seeing uh, Tevin Tapia as far forward as he is... Um, is uh is is a surprise um would have expected a little bit more from uh national number 80 dakota tedder as far as qualifying goes he ends up 31st and uh and not uh, not the best as far as timing goes he's almost five seconds off the 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 leaders um josh greco on the 350 machine uh he finds himself well outside qualifying um on a uh, on a 350, the the 976 in your program, brand new goggles for him this week. He's put down his viral brand goggles. And he's picked up some just one goggles in a deal that saw him make as much as three thousand dollars for the rest of the year. That was kind of cool. Um, Cheyenne Harmon, uh, his home race makes it into the main or makes it into the night show with 39th qualifying spot although wasn't able to do much with it uh in the main events or in the night show program didn't make the main event but uh, he's getting closer every week and uh, josh moseman on the uh on a 250 as well i have to double triple check that he's in fact on a 250 but uh yeah ktm 250s apparently are uh, are more than welcome to race in the 450 class and and making it in uh um, there's not too many guys that, uh, that were, were doing that. And I definitely do applaud him. Um, <clears throat> guys that, that I expect to be making mains who aren't right now, Justin Starling on his 250F as well as Scott Champion. I think that, uh, Justin went, kind of got bits by some bad starts, um, this last weekend, but, uh, um, Good to see Bryce Stewart out there. Good to see Casey Brennan out there, uh, as well as uh, Bubba Pauly putting it in the night show, well within the the top uh, top forty. He's in thirty sixth position, and uh, the TS TXS Productions rider uh, is showing improvement every week. All right, now let's go. Let's throw it to a couple of commercials here. We'll be right back on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show with the two fifty wrap up. Thanks. Hey everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. 
FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at flyracing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entignap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the collective ex on instagram is where you can find the collective experience do so immediately the collective experience nobody gets you closer what's wrong jeff i don't know jay well you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran oats and bran i didn't think there was such a that's what i used to think now i start every morning with a bowl of amigos for extreme kids like us That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have depth-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. 
Hey, Big MX listeners, just wanted to take a moment to uh, let you guys know about Viral Brand and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, Viral Brand Goggles is a relatively new company, and we've been working with them for about a year now, and uh, they've got some really cool things going on, which include uh, not only when you buy a pair of goggles, you will not only get a goggle bag, which of course you get with most goggle bags, but uh, with most goggles rather, but uh, you'll also get tear-offs, you get a 10-pack of tear-offs, and you also get an extra clear lens to go along with your mirrored lens than uh, the tinted lens that the goggles come with. Uh, so it's kind of, a more, of a, more of a package than it is just a set of goggles, which if you're going to buy goggles, you're going to need an extra lens, you're going to need tear-offs. So they take care of all that stuff for you, and uh, $74.99 US is uh, an easy asking price. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If uh, their best fit challenge, if your goggles don't fit your helmet within the first 30 days, get them back to Viral, for uh, and, and they'll take care of you, no questions asked. Um, so check out the theviralbrand.com today and uh, and and see what the kind of products and the uh, the accessories that they've got. I love the goggles myself and uh, can't wait to see you guys enjoying them as well. Take care. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to those commercials. And uh, we're back here. Big MX Radio Podcast Show. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the 250 class. Before we get into the main event, maybe we should uh, look at some combined times. See who jumped off the page at us. Out of qualifying, maybe there's a, a more effective way to uh, just kind of talk about the full field of guys who uh, had themselves a, a pretty good day program, and uh, and sometimes they didn't have the greatest of nights. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we know the top rider of the evening, actually the two top riders of the evening, or the daytime program, rather, uh, Martin Davalos and Dylan Ferrandis, uh, both putting in liquid fast times uh or the top uh top four were all within the the same half second in fact uh it wasn't until uh, jeremy martin that you get out of that half second um as far as their time so the top five are all right there um but uh separated by one half second but zach osborne uh in third place uh as far as the uh time uh, the time qualifying goes in my opinion uh i really don't know um if he was uh if he's never really put a lot of uh, pressure on himself to be that number one guy um on on the qualifying end of things, I think he wants to qualify well, get his good lap, and move forward. Um, and for any of us to be surprised that Martin Davalos was able to be the fastest guy on a 250F on one particular weekend during qualifying should not be a uh, surprise, surprise to anybody. Also having a good day uh, qualifying-wise, Jimmy Dakotas, the 47 machine, uh, kind of gave some some shades of why we might expect him to be within that top five by the end of the evening, which he was. Um, but uh, good ride for uh, uh, good good ride for Dakotas. First session, a little bit, uh, almost a full second and a half off the pace um, as far as his time qualifying. But the uh, the second qualifying, he was uh, inside the 49s and looking pretty good, damn good. Um, RJ Hampshire and uh, the, the Geico riders, RJ Hampshire and um, Jeremy Martin, as well as Cameron McAdoo, showing uh, not bad, pretty well. A uh, little bit off the pace as far as Cameron McAdoo's uh, considered, but uh, no, I was impressed with what I saw from all three of those guys. Um, last year, uh, title contender. This year, I believe, still uh, Jordan Smith. Maybe not the qualifying he would want to write home about seventh place, but uh, uh, like I said, still 
uh, just outside of one second different. Um, and, and honestly, I don't really put too much stock into qualifying. But uh, the fact is he's uh, outside the top five uh, in the qualifying spots. Um, Colt Nichols, no doubt feeling some uh, after effects of his injury, which he sustained not too, too long ago. Broken arm, uh, broken upper arm on, I believe it was the left side of his, his arm. Uh, f- for the most part, fully healed, obviously. Uh, Good enough to get himself a podium this night. But, uh, yeah, other guys that kind of jumped off at me that didn't end up having that great a night, Jacob Williams with a 13th overall. Um, and uh, then they have, you also have Brandon Hartraft. Hartranf. It's not Hartenraff. There's no end there. For anyone who is, uh, I, I have to, let me to call that kid up and figure out how to say his last name. But Hart Ramp, um, uh, having himself decent uh, first qualifying, 16th place uh, for the rookie first Supercross. Not bad whatsoever. Surprised to see Nick Gaines that far back in the qualifying. National number 49 definitely had his struggles. Um other guys that uh, kind of jump off the page at me, uh, Logan Carnow with a 25th in qualifying, uh, not a Canadian rider, but riding for a Canadian team. Um, and uh, and I was actually surprised to see John Ames so far off the pace as far as qualifying goes in 30th spot. Uh, we saw him uh, have some pretty good rides well with inside the top 15 last year in main events. So to see him in 30th uh, in, in times was a surprise. Same thing with John Short, although John Short has in the past not been known to do uh, amazing as far as qualifying goes. Guys who just outside the uh, the, the the time qualifying um, as far as uh, main events, uh, or the, the night show, uh, Devin Sorensen outside as well as uh, Kyle Dillon. Those guys, I think, uh, just struggled a little bit with the, the layout. Uh, almost, uh, in some cases, almost 10 seconds off. So those guys got to pick up their socks a little bit, but uh, uh, definitely some room for improvement there. Let's look at that uh, that main event now as far as the 250s went. And uh, a little bit more uh, excitement in this moto than the 250s, but I guess it was a lot of that had to do with uh, Josh Osby uh, just grabbing a handful and uh, and running into the back of um, it was uh, Jordan Smith and uh, and that basically took out uh, Martin Davalos whose his goggles blew off during the uh, the crash his visor off um, not very happy was Martin Davalos at the end of that particular event and uh, and that was unfortunate to see him go down. Um, and, and honestly, yeah, that, like he, he gave up uh, 25 points on the night. Uh, I think, I guess, like, do you still get one point for the uh, for the, the the DNF, so to speak? I'm not too sure if he actually does. I don't think he does, but uh, we'll see in the, in the the point standings. Um, but yeah, he's he's down into a big hole, uh, not insurmountable. But uh, same goes for Dylan Ferrandez. Ferrandez was uh, was very likely to uh, to win some races in this, this championship and, and now, uh, sits, um, 21 points down only in one, one round into this thing. Um, surprised to see Kyle Peters go down twice. 
uh, during this main event, but uh, uh, his first race on that Suzuki from coming in from last year, uh, different, uh, same motorcycle, although different uh, components on it, different motor builders, the whole nine yards. So pretty new things for him. Um, but let's let, let's start off with the champ, the guy who's defending this title, the guy who looks like he's throwing around a 250F a whole lot better than most um, in the world right now, Zach Osborne. Um, and uh, yeah, the guy the guy was flawless. He had a fourth place start, had himself a tip over, barely lost a position. In fact, was able to uh, hold off Jimmy Dakota's in the straightaway in which he fell, uh, and then uh, went on to uh, to take the lead. The guy put the bike wherever he wanted, the front end of the motorcycle, the back end of the motorcycle. Uh, he was a surgeon with it. Uh, I don't want to blow. Uh, uh, Zach too much because I'm sure I'll do plenty of that um, when he comes on the show on Wednesday. Of course, this is of course being recorded on a Tuesday. Um, but um, yeah, Zach rode as a championship champion should, uh, carrying the number one plate and uh, and and continuing on with the number one and the red plate uh, ahead of uh, Colt Nichols, a guy who um, six weeks ago. Broke his upper arm and uh, and was likely going to be uh, racing on the West Coast. We'll hear from uh, from Colt after this uh, this little review here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I was very surprised to see him uh, on second on the podium, uh, but uh, definitely well within his realm of uh, capabilities. I just didn't think he'd be able to do it with the injuries that he's been dealing with. Um, Congratulations to Jimmy Dakotis, uh, the 47 machine, JGR Suzuki, and the first podium for FXR uh, ever, uh, the riding gear that he wears. Um, yeah, Jimmy Dakotis, uh, it's been eight years since he uh, first posted that video of him riding a two-stroke, uh, basically uh, taking the internet by storm. It was, it's been watched millions of times since, uh, hopefully he gets a cut of that. Um, and, um, yeah, like the Jimmy, uh, ha- had himself a great ride, capitalized on a mistake by RJ Hampshire while RJ was, uh, kind of getting, uh, um, bombarded by Colt and, uh, and Zach Osborne. So uh, he's able to capitalize on that. And, uh, and yeah, he was able to, to put himself in, in a good position late in the race, uh, capitalize on a lot of guys not having the best of nights. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of the way it all uh, came together. In fact, uh, if, if not for, uh, Jeremy Martin and Jordan Smith getting together, I think they, they, they might've even caught in RJ at some point, uh, late in the race there. But uh, those guys got, got together battling for, uh, for fifth, they still, uh, finished fifth and sixth, but, uh, it's only because, uh, Austin Forkner was that far adrift from that battle that, where the two of them went down. I think they had some words, um, and, uh, Kind of early in the season to be getting into stuff like that, but uh, this is the 250 class and not shy whatsoever. Um, hats off to Sean Cantrell, the guy uh, uh, stuck it in there with the uh, the your your eventual race winner Zach Osborne. He was having a, having a battle. Uh, eventually went off the track, but uh, and I got to think he got up a little bit slow, but I got to think that the young kid was pretty gassed from uh, a tooth and nail battle with uh, Zach Osborne. Rode really well. I was actually surprised when I watched the main event um, just how aggressive Sean was as far as uh, his retaliatory passes and some of the defensive moves that he was able to do. Um, bummer to see um, 
Austin Forkner to not have the night that I expected him to have. I expect uh, him to be on the top five regardless of where he starts in a race. Um, but uh, still coming back from injury and, uh, and obviously the, the run-in with Zach early in the moto um, put him where he was going to end up. A uh, pretty damn good ride from uh, Lorenzo Lucrucio, uh, the 44 machine, uh, no longer on the Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team. He's on a, uh, for the most part, privateer Honda, and um, and him and Nick Gaines, honestly, uh, pretty respectable finishes uh, in front of uh, a host of, of, of well-established uh, riders, obviously, uh, in, in uh, Ferrandis and Martinez, or uh, not Martinez, uh, Martin Davalos going down, that, that they're kind of excluded from that, but nevertheless, uh, uh, that's all part of the game. you got to not go down in that first corner. Uh, with a broken hand, Cameron McAdoo still able to uh, salvage a 13th, and he looks to uh, make some do some recovery and come back next weekend. Cody Van Buskirk out of Illinois, uh, a racer that many might not know too much about, uh, but Cody's been on the circuit for a number of years now and uh, has some speed, and uh, he had his KTM going pretty good this last weekend. He's looking good. Uh, qualified 15th, started 10th, and uh, and ended up 14th on night. I think that's pretty good. Definitely uh, outdoing uh, a kid like uh, Pennington or or a Challen Tennant. All, uh, honestly, well, uh, Hartraft uh, ended up getting... Uh, uh, docked his positions, but uh, all, all intents and purposes, um, yeah, a really good night for uh, for a Cody Van Buskirk, a 14th position, probably a lot better than most would have expected from him, um, and, and it's good to see. Um, my my overall opinion on the series and the season so far on the East Coast, or not like just kind of like my how this thing is going to play out. Um, Although there are a lot of talented riders, I think there's a lot of inconsistency with those talented riders, with exception of Zach Osborne. I feel like that's why he's going to win um, at least, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he wins at least four races, if not five races, uh, and, and, and wraps his championship up before Vegas. Um, and, and I think that uh, he's earned that the... the He's earned that position, uh, being in the class as long as he has, and playing playing by the rules as far as uh, the pointing out system goes, and uh, and being able to defend his title. Zach Osborne um, is riding the 250 like a 450 guy would. Uh, if any of those top top tier 450 guys had to drop down, uh, a lot of them would uh, just manhandle that bike. They put it whatever they want, and Zach's able to do so. Um, and, and congratulations to him as well as Dave Feeney, his mechanic, who was able to give us some time last week. But uh, and before I let you guys go, please enjoy this interview with Colt Nichols, uh, calling him up uh, on a uh, in the evening where uh, he was uh, getting some groceries, and uh, we appreciate uh, Colt giving us some time. The second place finisher from this last weekend, very talented, well spoken, and here he is, Colt Nichols. Colt, how's it going? It's going well, man. I, I'm doing quite well. I'm uh, at the store grabbing a few little supplies right now, but I'm actually uh, I'm doing quite well, man. Still coming off a little bit of high from the weekend and uh, enjoying myself, that's for sure. For sure. Not your first time on the podium a uh, Monster Energy Supercross, although first time on the East Coast getting one uh, for 2018. It was the first round of the year, um, and, and it was kind of a long time coming. I think originally we, we were uh, expecting to see you on the, on the West Coast, and uh, an injury forced you over to the East. And uh, based on how the first round went, you couldn't be happier, right? 
No, I, I really couldn't be. It was, um, you know, a last minute decision to go. Um, just based off of how the arm felt and it, you know, it's still obviously not where I want it to be. Um, but you know, the arm was, was giving me a lot more fits than I would originally have liked. And, um, uh, we just decided to show up. And even during the day after practice, we were like, man, maybe we're a little out of our league. I don't know if we should really be here, but, um, I'm just better when it comes to racing. You know, I've never really been much of a practicer myself. And, uh, when it came down to the races, I was on the gate and, just had a giant smile on my face. That's something I'd missed. And uh, it's easy to get caught up in practice times and who's going fast and who's doing this and that. And um, It's all different when the gate drops, man. And, um, yeah, I just had fun. You know, I had fun. I enjoyed driving my dirt bike. I went out there and just executed what we had done during the week. And um, it's it was just really good. And I expected to go there, and we were kind of just hoping to get inside the top ten, gain some decent points, and uh, – you know, I know a lot of stuff happened. A lot of guys hit the ground, but that's racing. You know, that's why we go line up. If we had to go off a of paper, then, uh, you know, no one else should have showed up besides Osborne. He's kind of a favorite to win, you know. Right. And, um, I'm happy with, with the way it went. You know, it, it was very good to end up on the podium. I hope we can build from here and keep ourselves in this points chase and uh, make a thing of it by the time we come to Vegas. That's the whole idea. Definitely. You put yourself in a good position to be successful, uh, and that includes off the start this weekend. Um, a huge melee, uh, as many as, I believe, 11 riders going down or at least being stopped by that incident. Um, first of all, how did you get yourself uh, or not, not get trapped within that uh, group of riders? And uh, were you surprised that the race didn't get uh, red flagged with so many uh, guys and, uh, to be honest, the top guys going down? Yeah, honestly, it was one of the only times I was pumped to get a, a horrible start. Um, I came off the gate though, and I was lined up in between Davos and Fortner and Davos came over to the right pretty hard. And I, I was on his right side and, um, that sent me into Fortner and we locked bars and his hand came off. My hand came off and my hand that came off was my throttle hand. So I obviously was not going anywhere when that happened and, uh, kind of readjusted myself and took back off and literally came to the turn, you know, at the very back of the pack. And I just seen, bodies and bikes just flying and i was like wow that was uh pretty wild but then making that next little it went left right after that little right there was already yellow flags there and i wouldn't have been surprised if i seen a red flag just because i knew how many people crashed and i was like well i'm gonna try to pass as many people as i can and just hopefully when we get to the checkered for the first lap it's um you know it's not red flag and we can still keep going and sure enough that was the case so i was uh counting my blessings that i wasn't caught up in that i hate to see a lot of people crash like that that was um I feel really unnecessary. Um, first race though, you know, people just get a little antsy and mm -hmm. things like that, but it was, uh, definitely something that I feel like could have been, you know, easily avoided. I, I think the rest of the races that night can show that that didn't have to be that way. You know, like that right. start could have worked and it would have been fine, but, uh, you know, just a little antsy, I think on some of those guys parts and, uh, you know, I, I get it first race, but at the end of the day, man, that, that sucks, you know, for guys like Davlos and, uh, you know, even, uh, my teammate Dylan Ferrandis and, uh, you know, a handful of guys to get taken down the first turn like that. And it really honestly not even be their fault. You know, that's, uh, that's unfortunate, but that's, like I said, that's racing. It happens. It could have been me, you know, it happens yeah, to, to anybody. So that's why we line up. For sure, and uh, and once you once you did put yourself in a good position off that start, uh, like once you cleared the first few corners, um, picking your way through to get to that second place spot, uh, lots of guys still going down over the first uh, few laps, and uh, uh, RJ's way out front. Like, uh, who are you marking? How did you make your passes? 
Um, my, my biggest, my biggest marker w- was Osborne. He was in front of me and, uh, I said, okay, well, I, he's obviously going to move to the front. You know, he's kind of the guy to beat. I was like, I, I want to stay as close to him as I possibly can. And, uh, the first lap I was maybe a spot or two behind him and, uh, he ended up going into Fortner pretty hard and took him to the ground. And, um, you know, it was unfortunate once again for, for somebody like Fortner, but, uh, I got, I avoided that somehow as well and was kind of right there behind Osborne. And so I was like, okay, I just need to try to stick on this guy as much as I can. And then he passed a few guys a little quicker than I did, but, um, I was still fairly close. Uh, I could still see him, you know, right there in the corner of my eye. And I I was just really happy with being able to keep kind of pace with him. And then he had his little tip over and then, uh, I didn't know where he was. You know, I didn't know if he'd be right up behind me or kind of, I really had no idea Then all of a sudden he was, you know, up into my, (laughs) front wheel almost in that turn before the finish and ended up getting around me but um that that was okay you know I, I knew that I wasn't in a position where I could say okay you know I'm gonna sit here and try to go toe-to-toe with this guy I uh just wanted to be near him you know and and try to push and, and stay close to him and we kept moving forward you know he made passes I made passes and we, we just kind of kept moving and um you know we got really close to RJ and then as soon as he passed RJ I noticed RJ kind of um was kind of falling off the back toe of him a little bit. So I was like, okay, I need to really try to go after RJ now because if I don't, you know, he might get comfortable again and uh, might be able to hold me off. And then he ended up making his own mistake and crashing. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely a lot of carnage. But I I was really happy with the way I rode. I I think at the end of the race, I only ended up being a little under four seconds behind Osborne at the end. And that's kind of where I was the whole time, you know. So to kind of keep pace with him was good. You know, he might have been backed off a little bit as well. He had a decent lead, but – um, it was a good race for me. You know, I, I didn't let him get too far away and just check out on me. Um, like he had in previous times. So it was good, man. I, I was trying to keep markers with him and I think I did that pretty decent. So we'll, uh, we'll see if we can do it again this weekend in Tampa. For sure. And that'd be the first time you guys go in there for a long period of time. Definitely the first time for yourself. Um, the track seemed to be one that, uh, with, with a, a lot of one eighties, uh, that does predem- uh, produce a lot of opportunities for block passes, but I think the soil also helped out with the fact that you guys had a lot of ability to cut down on guys and still get traction. Um, what was the traction situation like that out there for you guys, and uh, where did you feel like you could make your passes most effectively? Yeah, it was actually, man, the, the track was unreal. I was uh, surprised at, at how soft the dirt was, but um it was kind of weird. Like it, it was so extremely tacky looking, but in, in some of those terms, it was actually kind of the dirt was so tacky that it didn't hold shape. So, okay. um, you, it, you look like you're in a perfect rut, but then you would hit it and it would be all over the place. You would almost kind of, uh, push over the rut and it wouldn't hold. So for me, it was tricky because I tried to get on the gas a little early and I actually ended up crashing in practice because of it. But, uh, it looked so tacky and it looked like it was going to hold. I get on the gas and then there goes the rut you know, and then you end up on the ground. But, um, yeah, it had huge bull turns, which was made for really good racing. A lot of guys were definitely not afraid to run it in there deep. You know, there was a lot of people getting taken out um, at Dallas and uh, made for some interesting racing. I know that's always pretty entertaining for the fans, but hmm. um, I think that contributed to it a lot. And then also, too, um, you know, we kind of touched base a little bit on it at the press conference after the race, but the, the track honestly was uh, fairly simple for what it was um you know that one rhythm before the supercross triple we literally went double table over single double you know and that 
rarely ever happens at a, at a supercross, especially not at a practice tracks that we ride at and things like that. You know, you're usually tripling onto the table or, you know, doing some type of triple in there, but yet we doubled all the way through that rhythm. So that was very unconventional for a supercross track, but, um, that's why I think it made the time so close. It made guys, um, a little closer, I think than normal. And that's what also contributed to more block passing, you know, was you had to find a way around. So you ran it up on the inside of somebody and prayed you came out alive. So <laughs> it was, uh, a little wild racing for sure, but I personally like the track. Um, it was a lot better than last time I raced Dallas. So it was, uh, it, it was good, man. I, I really liked it. Um, with the, the, the difficulty of the track being at, uh, I wouldn't say a, a minimum, but definitely not the most difficult track that you're going to see all year. Do you expect the, the difficultness or the dif- difficulty of the track and the layout to, to increase as the East coast pre- continues to progress or, uh, and like b- bear in mind with your injury, is that something you would welcome or, uh, would you prefer it to be more like this, uh, as, uh, before you, as you kind of become more and more comfortable? Uh, yeah, so, so I, I mean, the, the tracks definitely are, are going to get more technical. Usually for the first round, it's, it's fairly tame anyway, you know, um, and it'll progress and, and continue to get a little more difficult the deeper we get into the series. But, um, yeah, I mean, y- yes and no for, for me, really, uh, just because it's hard, you know, whenever the track is super technical and there's, you know, sections where you're landing flat a lot and, um, you're doing this or doing that, you know, my arm might get a little more tired or whatever the case may be, but, um, that's all right. You know, I, I don't mind it. I embrace the, the tracks that are more difficult. I feel like I'm a very, uh, technical rider. You know, I can make those hard tracks seem a little more easy and, uh, I, I embrace them. I, I think they're fun. I think Toronto last year was a very difficult track, had really big rhythms, um, you know, good set of whoops. And I really liked that track there and did really well. Um, disregarding a little crash I had, but, um, yeah, I embrace the bigger, uh, more technical tracks. I think they're fun and, uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll get that way soon. Fair enough. Well, hopefully you can see you guys in Atlanta ripping it up for the first round of the triple crown that you guys are experiencing. Uh, what's your take on that? How do you think that's going to play out? You guys get two opportunities to do the triple crown. Uh, and like, obviously you've seen how, uh, like it kind of played out with uh, some of your teammates on the West. What was some of the feedback they gave to you? And, uh, what are you looking forward to as, as far as that sprint race, the kind of the medium size, um, the medium sized race as well as uh basically a full-blown main event uh to end the night off yeah i I think it's pretty it's honestly about the same really you know the way i look at it i mean it just makes the start a little more crucial of course but uh even like me in my situation this weekend you know i got a horrible start in the heat race um came back to fourth and you know if that that would have been a main event i probably would only got to like eighth or ninth you know so that that would have been huge you know starting like that but um definitely just makes the start a little more crucial, but also too, I think the East coast guys, I think the, the triple crown will be more interesting just because of the way the tracks get. Um, I think at Atlanta or at uh, Anaheim too, it was, you know, we'd already raced there before and they had a few other events. The dirt got really hard and, uh, usually when the tracks are, yeah, I mean, when the tracks are like that, it doesn't make it as entertaining. I think when you're trying to do a short sprint race and, um, when the track gets a little tougher and there's more ruts and uh, it, it's a little more technical, I, I think that's when it'll open it up a little bit more and, and make it actually more entertaining racing, you know, for a short race and even for a longer race as well. So I'm excited for those. I think they'll be fun. Um, 
like I said, first one's coming up pretty quick, so we'll see how it goes. But man, I'm just excited for the whole season as a whole. We got got off on the right foot at Dallas, and uh, just want to keep building, moving that direction, keep uh, trying to get stronger, more fit, uh, more more time. Really, is my biggest thing right now. Get a little more time on the bike, a little more time uh, testing, a little more time doing starts. Kind of the whole nine, you know. So, but we got a long way to go, and that that's the part that's actually really exciting for me um you know if, if i was at a point right now where i was like man we're pretty maxed out you know then the second place i'd be sitting there kind of scratching my head a little bit wondering how i can you know get up there and try to take that number one spot but for the fact that i feel like we have a long way to go and uh, a lot of progress to make um it's exciting you know i, I want to see what the future holds for that and i think it'll be good for us moving forward it gives us an opportunity to really reach for the stars if you will and uh see what happens with it Definitely. So you're going to be uh, located on the, the the west coast. You're you're on Pacific time right now. That's what we'll be doing the bulk of your training. Who makes that decision, and uh, how do you feel like that's going to affect you uh, traveling each weekend? Obviously, some longer flights than some of the guys that are staying out east. Uh, do you plan on uh, spending any time out east? And uh, but also being back uh, on the west coast, uh, does that also allow you to have a little bit more time on the Yamaha test track? Yeah, I think that's the whole idea. I, for me right now, since I was coming back so quick from injury, like I said, we didn't we didn't have any time to test. You know, we made huge changes at the race on the bike just because we we hadn't tested it here. You know, we were kind of going into a little blind just because we were expecting to race west. We had the bike set up for west coast style tracks, and uh, you know, we get to the race and we're like, man, it's quite a bit different. You know, I can't get the bike to do a lot of things I want to do, and luckily the guys had been testing with you know, Mitchell and Dylan, AP, all these guys. And so we made some huge changes at the race that I was very, very pumped about. And I got to give all credit to star just because they were like, well, we know this works, you know, we'll throw it on there and then see if you like it. And it did, it worked huge. I mean, it made a tremendous difference for me. And then, um, but yeah, as far as that goes, it, it's, I think it will be a good thing. Uh, for me, Swanee stays out here. Um, you know, I have the whole team out here to, to come back on the weekend, debrief and say, okay, this is where we struggled and we need to improve this area. We can test, we can do whatever we need to, you know, and I have my mechanic out here. It kind of, that was a part that was hard last year. I didn't really have a full-time mechanic there. It was kind of, uh, it just made it kind of tough on, on me to really get done what I felt like I needed to get done. And that's why we made the decision to stay back. Swanee was kind of a, and the team were a big part of that, um, you know, deciding to stay and do the whole program out here. But yeah, I mean, the, the going back and forth, I think kind of sucks a little bit just because, I mean, I booked my flight today for Tampa pretty uh, last minute, but man, it was mental. The fee was quite large. And then the, uh, <laughs> the, the time change just, man, it messed with you so bad just because that's yeah, three hours. I, mean, I had a hard time even, yeah. I mean, I had a hard time even getting a flight to land in Tampa before my signing at six o'clock that night so it was like man this is kind of retarded so um that that part kind of sucks you know just because it makes for a really long friday uh before the race saturday but i mean we're athletes it's just kind of what we do you know it's uh i'm not the only one doing it and it's uh it kind of is what it is i'm happy about staying out here i got my little place out here i got my truck you know and uh and all the stuff that i need so it'll be no big deal going back and forth ain't no thing for sure, and on top of that, uh, all that travel, you don't want to be eating uh, eating poorly, but thanks to uh, Will Batanti over at uh, BC Fit Meals, uh, you can get some, some nourishment on the go. 
You better believe it. Yeah, it's what's the part that's nice. We have that whole program all dialed, and that was another big part, really, of uh, of coming and staying here. Was you know I have all the food stuff with BC and um, got our guy Tyler Kalisiak. He's helping us with with everything as well. And I just have everything I possibly need here. You know, my my job is a lot easier when I'm here. You know, I have a lot of people that help me do what I need to do, and um, without that, it would be kind of tough. So. I think that's another big reason, you know, for staying here as well. It just makes my life really easy. So, well, there you go, my friend. Uh, also, uh, something that's very easy uh, for, no, for right now. I will let you go. I know you're still in the store picking up some fruits and vegetables to, to make some decent meals for yourself throughout the week. Uh, the 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 Winter Olympics are still on right now. Have you watched any of the coverage whatsoever? Uh, and if you could see yourself doing any of these Winter Olympic sports, what would it be? Oh my gosh, yes, I did. Uh, I was watching it today, actually. I haven't got to watch as much as I really wanted to. Um, just for wh- whatever reason, I don't know why. I, I failed to catch it on TV, but um, that's the, I don't even know what the sport is, to be honest. I don't know what it's called, but the one where they're on skis and they just launch down that hill, like, thank you, I appreciate it, like 500 feet, that is nuts. And yeah. uh, it was on TV. I've I seen highlights or whatever it was today. Oh my God, insane. I was like, these dudes are gnarly. Like, I, it seems like they're about to land, and then they just keep falling and keep falling and keep falling. And then I just got done watching the uh, – this is going to sound horrible. I don't even remember what it's called. But they get in those little sled things, and they just haul ass down that <laughs> – The bomb sled. extremely fast. And I just – yeah, I just seen a, a tie for first between Canada. Yeah, and you know, Germany. Yeah, that Canada tied for first. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, they didn't even get that out was of the uh, that was pretty wild. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't really know what I would do if I competed in any kind of Olympic anything. Um, I, I'm more of a. I really, really like the the Summer Olympics. So, <laughs> um, any any kind of track and field stuff, I always did that when I was growing up. Anyway, so that was kind of a little more tailored to me. But um, all those athletes are. are you know, you got to be pretty sick to do any of that stuff. So, I don't know, man. I have a lot of respect for those dudes, but I don't even know what I would do if I tried. Awesome, man. Well, uh, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, my friend. Enjoy your truck from Toyo to Escondido and those BC Fit Meals. Uh, we'll we'll catch up with you again later on in the series, but uh, uh, enjoy the process, and uh, hopefully this podium sinks in and you can go get yourself some more uh, in the weeks to come. Oh, you better believe it. That's the whole idea. We're going to make it happen. i got an awesome team and a lot of good people behind me to, to help me achieve that. So uh, that's what we're striving for. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. We got off on the right foot. So I'm anxious to get the rest of the season going. Awesome, man. Well, you don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Sounds good. Hey, thanks, Colt. I really appreciate the time, my friend, uh, and, and, and taking the call while getting groceries. Not not, not an easy task, but, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up again soon. No, yeah, all good. Sorry about uh, being at the store or whatever. I completely no forgot that it was, like, this time, and yeah. uh, I've been kind of fighting a little bit of an earache, so I was coming down here trying to get some little remedies. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, uh, hopefully yeah, you yeah, all good, though. Yeah, sort that stuff out, uh, enjoy your week, and uh, just keep doing what you do, man, because obviously it's working. Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate it, my man. Good talk. All right, talk to you there. See you later. Bye. All right, see you, my man. Bye.